Hello. This weekend we were privileged enough to enjoy live racing. Without marshals there would be no motorsport to enjoy. The tireless work of the Orange Army often goes unnoticed. Most, if not all, are volunteers who give up their own time so we can enjoy motorsport. This weekend we were starkly reminded of the dangers of motorsport. Tragically, a marshal lost their life at Brands Hatch following an accident. Our hearts go out to the family and friends of the marshal involved and to the wider marshalling community who have lost a valued member of the Orange Army. This pod is dedicated to each and every marshal in the UK. Rest easy. Welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast uh, with me, Sam, and Russell alongside me. And we were at Alton Park this weekend for um, a different weekend for us. First time we've been up there, and um, I have to say, some of the racing was questionable, although fairly exciting. Good to watch. Probably yeah. not good to be in. Um, no. And it's only good to watch, um, given that every driver got out of the cars okay across the, the series. A lot of red flags, a fairly frustrating day for the spectator, I think it's fair to say. Lots of waiting around. Um, so you didn't know whether you were coming or going, really, did you? With no. Changing the schedules? No, and I don't blame the marshals or uh, you know, for taking the decisions to red flag the racing. It's just... I think all if... Yeah, I think all the situations could have been avoided. That's that's the, that's the thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, quite possibly. You know, I think there's only perhaps one... That maybe doesn't. That was in the minis. The first red flag in the minis, um, as it looks like more mechanical than anything else that's gone wrong. Um, I think something needs to be done about that corner before we go into the <laughs> racing. I think we need to have a proper look at whether a tarmac runoff is more suitable there. Um, yeah, we were discussing it over the weekend, weren't we? We the, were. The different actions that could be taken and the different types of runoff that you see across circuits across the world. And we were mentioning the possibility of maybe having a gravel trap like Paddock Hill. Or do we look to something a bit different like they have at Paul Ricard in France with the tarmac runoff and the, the extra grippy, although very stripy, um, runoff they have there? Yeah, I don't think gravel would work because I think it, the car's just going to dig in, such as the angle of the corner. It's not like Paddock Hill Bender, it's quite a deep corner. This is a, the way the angle goes, they're just going to dig in and roll. Um, I think the answer is probably tarmac. You think about how. Uh, the two really fast corners at Silverstone are I can never remember what their names are but at the end of the pit straights where we the first corner of the British Touring Car one yeah. that's gravel runoff uh, sorry that's tarmac runoff yes yeah. it's a very fast corner and then corner. you've got gravel beyond that once they've scrubbed off their speed yes um, I, th- I think also part of the problem with Alton Park is it is very tight very tight mm. it's a narrow circuit almost all the way round um, the runoff areas, I think it was noticeable when we got there, the walls looked a lot closer to the circuit than they do on camera. Yeah, old hall's tiny compared yeah. to what you see on the television, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the nature of the circuit and there always seems to be some sort of incident there um, for each weekend that we go to. Elevation changes a lot more than you see on the telly as well, doesn't it? Massively. I, I honestly I couldn't believe how much you go down Cascades once you get to the bottom and then that hill over hilltop coming down towards Nickelbrook as well um, and then you also get down to the hairpin and come back a lot quicker than I realised I yeah. thought it was a much longer straight down there um, but overall an enjoyable weekend it started on Saturday with qualifying um, and we should get we shall get into that now qualifying report 
Well then, as we were travelling up on Saturday afternoon, we were lucky enough to stop off and watch qualifying. Um, and going into that session, it was Goff who topped the final practice with Oliphant in the wet-dry FP1 um, also topping the session. So we thought maybe the, the progress from the tyre test may continue from Goff and also the Hondas look strong, which we kind of expected going into the weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we called it to be the BMW and Honda show uh, with a bit of ash maybe sprinkled in for good measure. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, it was the Hondas looking who set the early pace as well. Yes, they certainly were. Unfortunately, um, the first casualty th for the whole session was um, title hopeful Tom Ingram, who didn't manage to get out and set the time at all, um, we believe due to a turbo issue, and that was like the start of a, a disappointing weekend for him. Wastegate problems. Yes, a bit of a waste. Mm. Um, otherwise, uh, the title hopefuls, Ash Sutton, finished the session in 10th with... Um, 75 kilos of ballast on board, only three tenths off of pole. Yeah, but oddly never looked like taking it. This is probably no. the first qualifying I can remember for a long time where Ash never really, really even looked like taking it. I, I think the undulation and the, the changes in height of this circuit really affect those cars with weight on board. Um, as we go to see both Proctor and Shedden, who took 1 2 in qualifying didn't have weight on board their, t their car at all and butcher i think only had about nine kilos yeah um, that's a fair point yeah but yeah we, we saw the hondas up there um three in the top four um the first bmw was actually adam morgan in sixth who was having a, a really strong session um, and certainly continuing that form that he had from brands hatch jelly was the fastest of the wsr cars in eighth followed by his teammate turkington Although Oliphant was a little off the pace considering he was fastest in FP1, down in 14th. Kind of set the tone for WSR's weekend really, that didn't it? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a great showing from them. Um, well, two of the three. Jelly, well, Jelly had, Je a, good Jelly had a, a decent weekend, but yeah, the other two struggled. Yeah. Um, Jake Hill was the only focus in the top 10, up in 7th, um, and Jack Goff has had his best qualifying in that new Cooper Leon, up in 5th, was was really impressive showing yeah, from him. Really quick, really good throughout. They say Jake Hills, you say he did well. Jackson, on the other hand, down in seventeen. Yeah, he, he seems to be lacking that one lap pace. He's, he either can't get a lap together, or he just hasn't got that right feel and to be able to link it all together in one lap. Um, otherwise, he might get traffic quite a lot, and I think that's probably more down to him because you can make space. Tom Chilton, 1.13 seconds off the pace in qualifying with no weight in the car. Yeah. It's a concern, isn't it, Chilton's form at the minute? It is, really. When he's racing, and no disrespect to these people, but when he's racing Taylor Smith, Edwards, Parfit, Jack Mitchell, who's just come into the championship, was only two tenths slower than him. Mm. And, I mean, it's a poor showing from him. I think gradually through the, throughout the weekend we see that it gets slightly better for Tom. But this is consistently poor in qualifying from him now. He's just carried over the same form from last year really, it's just yeah. not particularly impressive at all. Someone who did impress though, Sam Smelt, 15th good effort. Excellent effort from him um, as we were watching the, the qualifying go continue, he was just like putting in these laps which just jumped him up incrementally and he was gradually finding pace all over the circuit. Um, another driver who also had a solid qualifying session was Aidan Moffat in 12th um, and Carl Bordley a little disappointing down in 19th. 
the big loser from the session was Dan Lloyd, who did set a very, very quick time, only to have it deleted. I think it was the only person to have a time deleted due to track limits. Track limits. Yep. My favourite thing to talk about in qualifying. Um, just as a, a full rundown of the top ten, it was Proctor with a 125.485, which was... 0.001 second shy. Yeah, of the track record, um, which will... Probably bug him slightly, won't it? Well, I was saying on the preview, why why do we not see these times beaten? Well, yep. very nearly did we. Uh, Shedden qualified second from Rory Butcher in third, Dan Robottom in fourth, Jack Goff fifth, Morgan in sixth, followed by Hill, Jelly, Turkington and Sutton. Um, looking forward to uh, a drier Sunday, they were, um, and we'll get into that now. Race one. Well, race one would have seen Proctor looking to take a win, his second in the sport, when he had the best position to do so from pole. However, he seemed to have it in reverse. Yeah, it's not a great start from him. Um, something he's struggled with a little bit before as well. Um, I, I don't, I can't explain why, because Rowbottom, who was on the second row, got a fantastic start in the same car. Yep, um, Shen behind him as well. Exactly. And of course, Adam Morgan in that rear-wheel drive BMW was also looking uh, dangerous at the start. Yeah. Uh, and then into the first corner, it was Shedden who led, keeping his uh, nose down the inside uh, of Dan Rowbottom and would lead the Dynamics cars to a 1-2 at that point. And from there, those guys pretty much checked out. I was going to say, they, they built a good, what, nearly three-second lead, I would guess? Yeah. Um, at the front, we were standing at the exit of Old Hall between there and Cascades and... Every time they came through there on those opening laps, the gap was just getting bigger and bigger. And then the first instant of the race occurred. Moffat and Turkton came together um, at the bottom of Cascades. Turkton went off. Uh, Sutton went off behind. Not quite sure if Sutton got caught up in this because he was running behind the two. So Yeah, he was almost directly behind Turkington. I don't know whether Turkington getting shoved out wide was a consequence of Sutton just taking some avoiding action. Um, but also Sam Smelt, who started 15th, followed them off, and he says it was more down to a little bit of fluid on track. Yeah, perhaps. perhaps Unusual, because yeah. it was the first race of the day. I mean, we assumed straight off the bat that it was just cold tyres catching Ash yes. and um, uh, Colin out. But There's almost a camber to Cascades, and sometimes you just get up on top of that and you just can't stop yourself running wide. But those three were off. And that was pretty much their race is done. Sutton would come into the pits to get some grass out of his radiator um, and would then use that as a chance to try and set the fastest time, having some you know, clear track in front of him. And pretty much the race settled down after that until the big incident. I mean, nothing really happened after that, did it? No, a lot of drivers were following line astern, trying to gap other drivers and, and catch up to the ones in front. Um, but there wasn't too much, too much battling as as far as I'm concerned. No, and then we had the, uh, lot of, well, not battling, a lot of niggly stuff. You yes. Know, lots of people just... Nose know. to tail, a little bit of nudging and stuff like that. The kind of thing you would expect in touring cars. Um, yeah. But that nudging got a little bit firmer well, midway through the race. Before that, Jackson, Cook and Smell all had time penalties due to being out of position on the grid. Really poor by Cook and Jackson in particular. They're yep more experience than that it's easily done I think everyone's done it at some point but yeah Cook does seem to like getting penalties here I remember he won the race last year and got disqualified so one thing I can't understand is how with three drivers have been nailed from it 
and this weekend we had Grid Girls back. Yeah. How have they run a little bit too far? It must be on the uh, on the formation lap. Because they have the girls, yeah. the girls take him to the grid yeah. uh, from the pit, and then after that, uh, so yeah, that that gave them problems. Uh, going back to the Turks and Moffat thing, nothing in it for me. Just a first lap racing. Yeah. Instant. I don't think there's anything more it's than that. The kind of thing you're going to expect to bang door mirrors going side by side into a corner like that. Turks and blames his whole weekend falling yes. apart on that, which. I mean, not for me. No. No. Uh, and then we had, uh, we were tickled a bit, we've had the main instance, and it was the stalwart Jason Plato involved. So, would you like to talk us through the incident? Well, first of all, we had no idea what had gone on at first. One, because we couldn't hear the speakers around the circuit, and we were on the opposite side of the circuit to where the incident happened. Um, and as the cars came round and the red flag was flying... Um, we were trying to work out which drivers were involved. Um, I think Bordley had gone into the pits the lap before, so I thought he was involved. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that Plato had made a optimistic move, shall we say, down the inside of Oliphant. It was certainly a late move um, into the final corner at Lodge. And either Oliphant hasn't seen him or has tried to cut him off far too late. And that has ended in Oliphant spinning coming out of Lodge. Um, Plato going round and round him and continuing along with a couple of other drivers before Smiley slams into the back of him and I mean the damage on the back of that BMW is probably comparable to what Cook did at Knock Hill last year yeah it's fair to say that Smiley completely unsighted taking yeah. avoiding action and Oliphant's car spins across the road into him there's nothing he can do at all can't so, get out of the way of it at all Yeah, can't blame Smiley for that whatsoever Unfortunately, um, he wasn't the only one to make contact with Oliphant. Um, no, this is a really weird one. Many other drivers are like scatter each side of the stranded Oliphant and now Smiley. Um, but unfortunately, it seems that Rick Parfit following through on that corner um, didn't have anyone to follow um, and was slightly unsighted and came across Oliphant stranded in the middle of the circuit and tried to wipe off as much speed as possible, but also slammed into his driver's door. Mm. Now, luckily, the strength of these cars meant that Oliphant was able to jump out, and he, he hardly felt it, he said in the interview yeah. afterwards. Yeah, I mean, the perfect ones, it's difficult, because everyone else has avoided him. However, what I would say is that Boutel is on uh, one side of Parfit. I mean, he can't go that way about wiping Boutel out. The other way is the longer way around, and if you've or if you've not seen it, it's then difficult to jerk the wheel and get the go the long way around. So it's tough. You have to wonder, has anybody been on the radio to say instant ahead, slow down? I didn't see the yellows out. I was going to say, I haven't seen any in-car footage or, or footage around that to see whether the yellows had gone out quickly enough. I would assume that they would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't always see Turkton last year at Brandsatch with Rivet come across the circuit. Exactly. Didn't see the yellows. Um, I don't know if it's a, the team. I mean, the team should have known. Um, again, yeah, we're I mean, speculating. The, but these are split-second incidents, and and yeah. from Oliphant spinning, being hit by Smiley, to then Parfit coming by. Yeah. What? Three, four seconds. Yeah. At most. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, it's always going to be difficult. Um, it's just unfortunate. It's a big impact. It meant that Oliphant wasn't able to get out for race two definitely and there were big questions over whether he was going to get back out for race three racing incident or for me for me it's 
it is six of one, half dozen the other. I think I apportion slightly more blame on Jason in the sense that it's a very late move. Yes. Oliphant is driving a very strange line, but that doesn't mean you make a late move necessarily. I think the way I describe it is that Plato saw a gap and was going to use Oliphant as part of the brakes, whatever happened. Yeah. The contact was going to be inevitable. I think that Robottom perhaps sweep it's not Robottom Oliphant perhaps sweeps across Plato trying to close the door too late. Which you can't really do in a rear wheel drive car because you're just gonna get turned around. At least in a front wheel drive car you can nail the throttle and try and straighten it back up. Yeah. But once you get tucked on the rear as a rear wheel drive car, you're going round. Yeah, I think that I think it's a ambitious move by Jason, which is always going to evolve yes. uh, always going to end up with some contacts so for that reason I give him slightly more blame but he, he was very lucky to get away with it as well yeah and as so was Lloyd because Lloyd yes. always got t- got taken out by elephant spinning so yeah yeah I mean how how do you see it do you see it as a particular anybody's fault or just one of those things or I, I think it is more of a racing incident um, a lot of people from the different camps will be keen to jump one side or the other uh, certainly Tom was very scathing in his interview following the accident but as as we probably know he hasn't seen the incident back by then no I mean it's, yeah, you've just come out of a massive accident had a microphone stuck under your nose yeah. you, know, you expect some level of anger because you know, it's wrecked your weekend and also you know you're very lucky to be out the car You know, I think yeah. safety has been on everybody's minds this weekend following the events at Brands and at Spa and you know it's you stick a microphone on somebody's nose that soon after an incident, there's going to be some... They're going to be quite annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can understand his frustration, as I say. I think, if nothing else, it's quite a late move. At worst, it's quite a desperate move. Yes, definitely. It falls somewhere in between those two, I think. As we say, that incident brought out the red flag. Uh, Marshall, Marshalls did a great job of clearing that up as quick as they could, um, and the race was able to be restarted from... Uh, the positions that the drivers were in, uh, which meant that Shedden would be starting on the front row from row bottom. Um, obviously, their lead that they had built up had been completely obliterated, um, and it would be a chance once again for the rear-wheel driver of Adam Morgan to, we thought, get an even better start. Um, but that's not what came to fruition. No, both Shedden and Robottom nailed their uh, restarts, but Robottom got the better one, went all the way around the outside of Shedden in a very bold move. It's a fantastic move. Fantastic move. Kept his composure, kept him, you know, kept the foot down and took the lead of the race. Yeah, um, and from there, he built a, a similar sort of gap that they had before. There was a there was probably a little more pressure from Shedden in the second half. A few half. nibbles as well. Yeah. They, they did touch each other on a couple of occasions. Yeah, which um, you, you kind of expect. With Shedden's start to the season, he's always going to be looking to uh, make the most of his opportunity up the front. Um, but this was the real opportunity for Robon to nail nail that first win. Um, and he managed to go on and do that. Absolutely. Behind, Adam Morgan managed to get the jump on Jelly and Butcher to take the third place on the podium on the hard compound as well. Yeah. So, a pretty impressive show by Adam Morgan, who, who in truth, never had the pace to be with the front two, if we're being honest, but certainly wasn't particularly chilled for his third spot either. No, Rory was um, looking down at different places, maybe into the hairpin and having a look at, at Nickelbrook, but the trouble is that front wheel drive against rear wheel drive competition you, you're strong in different areas yeah. and, and they kind of balanced each other out um, another as we said Sen and Proctor started on the front row for the first start 
um, and managed to drop all the way back to ninth, um, which he can't have been happy with. No, in the same vein, Goff from fifth to tenth. So yes, some quite a few drives went backwards in that race. Um, some did come forward. Plato. Plato was the big winner. Yep. Yeah. Um, he he made up eleven places, having started around about eighteenth, um, and then Ash Sutton on the restart had made a decent amount of progress. Obviously, um, well compared to Ingram and Turkington, who both had problems. Yes. Yeah. Um, having dropped to the back of the field. In, in the first instance, um, Sutton recovered to 14th and then Turkington only to 18th and Ingram to 19th. So both of those not scoring any points in that race. Both look slow as well. Yes, yes. They didn't look like they were able to get through the pack that quickly. They got past the drivers we would expect them to get past, but no real progress after that. And at this point, race by Cook in my eyes as well. 15th, yeah, it's point score, but Ash who went to the back of the field and had a pit stop. Okay, the red flag changes that, but Ash of full weight still managed to get past you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're just trying to prove your point now, aren't you? Yeah, well, I'm just making the point that if you've got to make hay or the sun is shining and didn't quite work. So the top 15 then for race one. Daniel Rowbottom from Gordon Shedden, Adam Morgan in third, Butcher, Jelly, Moffat, Plato, Hill, Proctor and Goff made your top 10. Carl Bordley, a career best and a decent result for him in 11th. Ollie Jackson, Daniel Lloyd, Ash Sutton and Josh Cook made up the top 15. Yeah, and Gordon Shedden set the fastest lap for that extra point. Race 2. Moving into race 2 now, and it would be Dan Rowbottom to start on the front row for the first time with full ballast on board, um, followed by Gordon Shedden as they took a 1-2 in that first race. And... Um, it didn't seem to affect their start too much, although Rory Butcher from fourth got the best start of the lot, didn't he? Yeah, Butcher really did now the first uh, the, the start, as you say. But to be fair, it was nothing that the three in front did wrong. I felt that all three got decent together ways. Butcher just had it absolutely lit up off the line. Yeah, he made a decent amount of progress. Um, got round a... not slow, but... Uh, cautious, shall we say, Adam Morgan. Heard of a move on the outside of Cascades, though. Yes, it was. Um, and then he was already on the attack down towards the uh, hairpin. And was it the first lap that he pulled that move? Yeah. Yeah. Because he got around the outside and got the line for. A, a really slick move um, down the inside of Robottom. Which um, forced him into Shedden. So those two hit each other. Well, I see it hit, hits too strong a word. Those yeah. two had contact with each other and pushed each other wide while yep. Butcher took full advantage and um, that's what streaked sh- off up the hill and that's what shuffled Shedden down the pack yeah so Shedden got wide coming out of that hairpin um, and as you say he was shuffled down past Morgan and also past Jelly at that point as well um, and hot on his heels was Aidan Moffitt who had also had a good start as we would expect in a rear wheel drive car um, and then Butcher kind of checked out didn't he that's race two done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he the the gap that he managed to pull in those first couple of laps, you just thought, yeah, no one's really going to catch him in this race, and it was all down to the battling behind. And there was a little bit of battling, wasn't there? Uh, this I think this was the race with the worst driving standards across the day, I have to say. Yeah? Just so much bumping into the hairpin. Yeah. And we saw Cook end up with damage. We saw Jackson and Goff went out I think uh, Jackson was forced wide I can't remember who who clipped him and as he lost it on the gra- on the grass part he came across and took Goff out Goff completely passenger and did nothing wrong 
later on you had Turkton up the rear of Chilton, you had Osborne bang Plato through there and <laughs> send him wide. Then Plato and Cook started having a silly little niggling match after due to the contact. Probably pretty much killed Cook's car. Killed Cook's car. Not quite sure how, but Cook already had damage at that point and couldn't properly drive it anyway. It was Cook, really slow. Cook managed to have damage front and rear in the same same lap. His car looked... Um, do you remember that advert where they had the elephant sit on the car? Yeah. Yeah, it looks yeah. a bit like that. Yeah. It was certainly rubbing something at the front that was causing problems and keeping him slow. Uh, just... Just a, uh, so much niggly and rubby and just... Yeah, the sort of contact you don't want to see. However... There were some a few good moves. Uh, most notably, Moffat ran the outside of Shedden at Cascades. Yeah, very brave. Um, no touching at all from what we could see. We were on that bank on the inside of the circuit, and we could see a good amount. Um, and I was like, wow, that, that's a move that I've never seen Moffat do before. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could see more of that from him throughout the rest of the season, that would be good. I've got to make the Michael Jordan meme. Go on. And I took that personally. <laughs> Moffat heard Sam say he's not yeah, a top 10 driver yeah. and I took that personally. Um, <laughs> Robottom did so well I think oh, with all superb. weight on board. Um, Morgan was always there or thereabouts trying to look for a move and stuff like that but his defensive driving throughout this race was um, really something that we haven't seen from him before as well. Well talking of defensive driving you're right, Moffat did very well, but there's a better defensive masterclass in this race. And it's a surprising um, <laughs> to say it was Stephen Jelly. Ash Sutton got had sided his way through the field, as you'd expect, in pure yeah. Ash Sutton style. But the car he couldn't get past was Stephen Jelly, who held him, I think from about lap six onwards, held him for the rest of the race. It was an incredible drive by Jelly. Yeah, it, it was a really, really good drive. Um, I, I don't know what Jelly's had this weekend he loves he, it here he go, always goes well whether here. he's had some super food or something like that but yeah Shedham kind of dropped off the back of Moffat once Moffat got past him um, was holding up this, this group of Jelly Sutton Proctor was in there also Ingram Bordley was racing well with both Ingram and Turkington and just about Chilton as well um, but yeah, the, the the main battle was between Sutton and Jelly, and for lap after lap after lap, Sutton just couldn't find a way to get through. He tried every trick in the book. Ashley tried going yep. outside. He tried the cutback at the hairpin a couple of times. And fair play to Jelly, he had an answer for everything. Even when Ash got the move done, we fought through Nickerbrook. Jelly positioned the car so well for the next com- next few corners after that, particularly yep. Clay Hill and in particular the Druids, that. He held the position. He just did, uh, you know. Obviously, Sutton didn't get the drive out the corners that he has over the front-wheel drive cars. But you know, Jelly, who I think it's fair to say isn't probably on Ash's level, did, and we've seen better drives than Jelly to come to pressure from Ash. Oh yeah. And he's done. He's just done a masterclass and keeping him behind it. it was like a. He saw must have heard about Fernando Alonso's driving at Hungary think- and decided anything he can do, I can do. I was just thinking it must have been the widest BMW there this weekend. Mm. Um, to keep that lot behind him channeling his inner Alonso or maybe Alonso is channeling his inner jelly I mean. <laughs> yes um, as we said the, the the Goff and Jackson contact early in the race unfortunately put them two out of the race um, more or less yeah more or less they, they finished four laps and seven laps down I think Ollie Jackson finally came into the uh, into the pits and um, otherwise they were just circling at the back not really getting any any track time or decent track time the other big anomaly from this race was that Plato and 
uh, Lloyd's pace just went. It seems like they're running. Fell off a cliff. Just, they just went back, went backwards. I, I don't know whether they seem to be stuck together all weekend. They were either yeah. one ahead, two ahead, one behind, stuff like that. And they always seem to be in the same battles with the same drivers. And in this race, they just lost out at nearly every opportunity. Yeah, Certainly I mean, coming into the Nickelbrook chicane. I mean, Plato was slightly um, you know, hobbled by the problems of Cook and Osborne. Yes. But the pace wasn't there. Okay, there's a bit of weight in the car, but I mean, pff, we're not talking you know, massive amounts of weight. Uh, one driver, though, that did have a, a decent race through the field was Sam Osborne. Um, mm. Showed some pace in this, similar to what he did in qualifying. Um, I think he finished 11th in qualifying, and he managed to recover 10 positions in this race to grab uh, the final points position in 15th. Uh, apart from that, Tom Ingram managed to set fastest lap, uh, which I believe at that point was a new lap record. Um, but, yeah, Rory Butcher escaped out the front and took a fairly easy victory um, and the, the top 10 is as follows Roy Butcher from Dan Rowe bottom Adam Morgan another respectable third Jake Hill having a quiet weekend there in fourth um, Moffett after that brilliant move finished fifth from Shedden and then came the train of Jelly, Sutton, Proctor and Ingram um, and for the end of that Butcher managed to pull out the number 9 ball which would have promoted Senna Proctor back to pole position where he'd been sitting nice and proudly at the start of race one. Race two. As you say, Proctor was on pole, but he had old friend Ash Sutton alongside. I think people were betting their hats that a fairly weightless Ash Sutton would be winning race number three, myself included. Yeah, me too, especially when we saw that he was the only driver in the top ten on that soft tyre. I, I thought, right, he's going to burn him off the line into turn one. It'll be three seconds down the road by the end of lap one. I don't know what, what it was here, but I don't think the rear-wheel drive's got a particularly strong start on any of the races, apart from perhaps Oliphant in this one from the back of the grid. Twice. Twice, which we'll get to. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't really think the rear-wheel drive's had that advantage this weekend. I don't know why, but it, it didn't seem that way. Certainly, the Hondas seem to be able to hook mm. up brilliant start this weekend um, and Proctor went on to make a much better one this time round than he did in the first race however Ash was happy to hang it round the outside and completed the move and took the lead as he came through cascades however several cars would also then start cascading through the corner at various different angles because Chris Smiley uh, had run got his pointy elbows out yeah and had run Osborne wide sent Osborne down crashing down the hill on the grass. On the grass. No chance of stopping. Pirouetting and all these cars behind him just going, well, where the hell do I go? Yeah. Because you just didn't know which way he was going to end up pointing, which way he was going to go across the track, and all hell broke loose. Yeah, the worst um, affected were Boutel, who clipped the spinning car and then got hit himself, I think, by Mitchell afterwards. Yep. Uh, come away from the car limping, which is never a good thing you want to see. No. Nick Hamilton was caught up in it as well. Um, yeah, I, I think Nick didn't quite realise what was happening as quickly as others and had gone into the back of Mitchell, which sent him spinning into the, the then-stranded um, Osborne and Boutel. Yep. We also saw Edwards get uh, 
uh, taken off the track by Plato, take, who in his defence was taking avoiding action. Yeah, uh, he was He was very much looking in the other direction, going, I don't want Osborne to hit me, I'm going to get out of the way, and Jade yeah. was the unfortunate party on the outside of him. Although, um, he probably spared Jade in that sense, because yes. while she was off in the gravel, she was away from the... Yeah. Uh, actually, I think I think Harvey summed it up pretty well. Where Plato picked his spots, the experience came through. Plato picked the gap and went for it. And if anybody was in his gap, he was going to was, expel them from said place. It was the lesser of two evils, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's taken avoiding action. The the other option is to get wiped out by Sam Osborne and out of control Osborne at speed. Yep. Or relatively safely take Edwards off and keep his foot in himself. I think. Overall, I've got no great qualm with that. Unfortunately, it was the third incident of the weekend where we've seen that same thing. Someone get nudged wide going down mm-hmm. cascades and having absolutely no control on the grass, which we've already mentioned about the type of runoff area. Possibly. Well, it was three. You are right. No, yeah, yeah right. one in the minis and then Hannah Finn in the Porsches. And there was... Was it not one in the Ginettas as well? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway. happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, that brought out a red flag as we kind of expected. Well, they tried. They, they started it under safety car, which was odd. Oh, we had safety car balls yeah. over half a lap, and then you know we kept looking at each other. They can't deal with this under safety car. There's too much to do. Yeah, yeah. Parfit had taken avoiding action as well. He had got stuck in the gravel along yeah. with Jade, um, and then a couple of other drivers had skittled off into the the expansive runoff at the exit of Cas- Cascades. Well, Jackson also got into the gravel, but had managed to keep his foot in, and he got slightly tagged by Boutel as he was coming to a stop, which probably helped bump-start him out yeah. of the gravel yeah. in, in a you know, surprising way. Yeah, but uh, it, was, it was a complete and utter mess. Really. And so, I think this is the thing that's so frustrating, it's so avoidable. Yes. Because there's no need... They, they hit each other four or five times, Smiley yes. and Osborne. Well, so hit each other. Smiley hit Osborne four <laughs> or five times. Yeah. And the thing is, Osborne can't go anywhere. He's there. He's on the outside. Unless he stops the car, which is more dangerous because he risks somebody running into the back of him at speed. What, what can he do? Yeah. There's got to come a point where you just say, okay, he's there. He's not going to... if he, He's not going to stick around the outside and around through Cascades. Give him room and then you're going to have the inside line anyway. You know, it's just... Moving over, hip and shoulder, hip and shoulder, hip and shoulder, hip and shoulder, bang, five, six cars out. Hard have got another massive rebuild to do. Accelerate have got two a massive rebuild. Yeah, they've got two cars effectively written off. Accelerate have had the second car of the weekend to repair. Third. Third, yeah. Smiley and Parfit yep, had already sorry, been yep, damaged. Yep, yep. So it's the third time of repairing something. Having spent all Saturday, presumably, trying to work out <laughs> what was wrong with Ingram. Yeah. You know, it's just so avoidable. Yes, it is. And it's expensive, and it's just frustrating to watch. Drivers have different agreements with their teams of whether they have to pay for it or whether the team pays for it or whether even maybe sponsors pay for the damage. But you don't want to be paying out for that amount of damage this early in the season. No. Any time of the season, really. But when it's this early in the season, it means that we might not see some of these drivers at the end of the season when they've got no budget left to run. Look, some accidents are avo- are unavoidable. There's always going to be mechanical failure, yeah. and that can have pretty bad consequences. There's always also going to be fair hard racing that just results in damage. It's always been the way. Yeah. But this, to me, was just so... Out of all the incidents this weekend, it's probably the most avoidable I could think of. Yeah, I'd agree. It's on par with the, the 
one in the Porsches with Hannafin and King. Assuming he gets pushed contact. His reaction in the Porsche, Hannafin's reaction suggests that there was contact, but there was no conclusive TV replay to suggest there was. No, both, both the rear wheels had rubbed up together and he's been launched up into the air and it's very similar to the Osborne one and luckily he only, well, I say luckily, he only takes one other car with him. Osborne's very lucky not to get collected at speed. Very yes. lucky. Yeah, everyone was fairly aware of him spinning and, and slowed up sufficiently. Yeah. But anyway, that caused a red flag, yep. um, which meant another restart of the day. That must have been the fifth or sixth red flag that we'd had. Might have been the seventh, I, can't, I honestly can't remember. Yeah. Um, I think the F4 was the only thing that got through about one. It's, it's certainly the most red flags I've ever seen, either watching a race or being at a race weekend. Yep. And on the restart, it was deja vu. Ash decided he was going around the outside again. This time, however, it didn't quite come off. No, not quite. Um, he seemed to get that, as we expect, side-to-side action with Proctor, um, which nudged him wide and sent him spinning for a full 360. Um, and how has he caught that? <laughs> I don't know. How has he not, a, how has he not been collected? B, we've just seen Osborne you know, five, ten minutes before go spinning down there. How on earth has he flipped that round? I know it's easier in a rear-wheel drive car, quote, easier, but you try doing that at the front of the pack with everyone bearing down on you. How has he done it? Well, I think, to his to his luck, he has managed to stay mainly on the tarmac, yeah. which has given him the grip to whip that car back round, face it in the right direction. How he knows where he is when he's spinning around that quickly, I've got no idea. And how he's got the power back down so quickly, to you know, he's yeah. not lost really any time from it. No, I think he dropped down to... What, about sixth, maybe? Uh, a bit further, I think, because Colin and Baldy were ahead of him because that would then cause yeah, the next problem. And, and then he managed to have some side-by-side contact, which, unfortunately, was with his teammate that broke his rear suspension. I think that... Which, again, sent him spinning. Yeah, I think that that is avoidable in the sense of three into one doesn't go. Baldy and Turkey were already having their little fight. Did Ash need to make it three... Possibly not. He's trying to make up or trying to get back up to speed oh, as yeah. quickly as possible, yeah, 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 isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's an unfortunate one. Put him out on the spot, um, and he certainly wasn't as angry as Hannafin was. No, and in summer in all of this, Tom Ingram had to take evasive action, got a, a radiator for the grass, which meant he'd have to pit at the end of the lap. It did buckaroo that car, the he same did. as the mini in the earlier race. Yeah. It really bucked up in the air. And, Maybe even just flattening out that grass on the outside would help people out. I, I don't know what the answer is, really. Yeah. I think they need to look at it because we've had so many near misses on that section of track this weekend. Yep, yep. Anyway, that put Sutton out of the race. Um, that was done under yellow flags. Um, and then they continued on, didn't they? That was pretty much it, though, really, wasn't it? I mean, Proctor did very well. Never really under any pressure. Built a nice little lead. Yeah, he was fairly consistent and and held a good pace. Um, in the whole commotion, Jelly had um, had sat there nicely in second. Gordon had made a decent start to sit pretty close to them. Um, Jake Hill maybe a little poor. Um, maybe lost some time trying to uh, work out what was happening. Obviously, people were checking up with that Sutton spin, yeah. and then obviously Bordley and him coming together. Um, but that wasn't the only action that Bordley had in this race, was it? 
No, and we'd see a, a premature end to the race. Baldly, something weird happened through Druids. I mean, we only had the on-board, I think, from Lloyd. He was a couple of cars back, wasn't he? And then we just see Baldly across the corner, out of control. The inside of the corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully across the grass. And, and it, it's almost like something's broken. Yeah. Um, the angle of the car is going across the grass, it doesn't look like he's dropped it on his own. No. I wonder if it's similar to what happened to Matt Neal. Because I think something broke on him going into Druids and that sent him spearing off into the barrier. Unfortunately, this time, Bordley had a couple of cars in front of him. Butcher was a little further in front of them and he obviously didn't want to run into the two in front of him. Tried to, as coming across the grass, he took out the rear of Butcher, didn't he? Yeah, Butcher was falling back at this point anyway. He yeah. seemed to have some form of problem to the car. He was just dropping like a stone. And then Baldley just comes across the track and wipes Moff uh, wipes Butcher out. Um, yeah, he just kept getting shuffled down the pack, didn't he? Um, obviously, he'd started in ninth from the the reverse grid and was carrying full weight, but the the car just it had a little bit of damage to the rear corner. I'm just wondering whether something had been knocked. Yeah, or maybe a puncture. Yeah. Or yeah, just some didn't, form. Didn't show any real suspension real failure. Pass. Something went. Yeah, yeah. This is it. Uh, we we mentioned earlier that Oliphant had a lightning start um, both mm -hmm. times in this when it was restarted as well, um, and he made up a, a good amount of positions and managed to get himself into the top fifteen, finishing fourteenth overall. Managed to salvage two salvage two points from the weekend. Cook also started from the back, managed to get up to twelfth, um, and Smiley, despite his best efforts, um, managed to finish tenth. That's pretty much the race, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, Proctor's second win in the series. Chilton's best finish of the, the season in ninth. Um, was battling fairly well with Colin. Um, but, yeah, it was just... It wasn't a classic this weekend, was it? I it was a bit lacklustre, and I don't yeah. know whether that was because of what had happened on the Saturday. Um, I think there was definitely a different feeling around the circuit. And... I don't know. Some of the, the driving that we saw this weekend was less than satisfactory considering what had happened. Um, but, yeah. We'll move on now to uh, driver grades and then we shall get on to our predictions from the weekend. Well, grading time then. Uh, Colin Turkson kicks us off. I've gone for a D. I Poor mean, weekend from him. Poor qualifying. Better than last weekend, I mean. Yes. But I, I'm not sure what could have been worse, really. A fairly poor qualifying. That cluster of nothing else. Yep. Race one, look, you can blame the contact all you want, and that's fine. There is an element of that. But Ash is heavier and made more progress in, in on the restart. Yeah. And race two didn't really make the progress you expect with no weight on board at all. Race three looks better. You have to say he looked better, made up places, but... The bottom line is he's only scored 12 points this weekend. And I know he's been really, really lucky that both Sutton and Ingram have scored less. Can I make two observations as well? Yeah. Knight from the Championship. Yeah. Stephen Jelly's ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Uh, Oliphant's gone for a C based on what we actually saw him race with. I mean, race one he was going okay. Yeah, wasn't setting the world on fire but going okay had a slightly poor qualifying he was the slowest yeah. of the BMWs I'm, I'm wondering Sorry, if they're WSR I'm wondering if they're 
just struggling for one that pace at the minute. Mm. Quite possibly. I don't know why, but they've not looked particularly strong in qualifying for a couple of rounds now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I think from what we saw on a race, the C is fair and race through sort of a good charge, a track that's difficult to overtake on. Uh, Stephen Jelly was without doubt the star of the show for WSR this weekend. It's a B for me. Yeah, taking a podium in race three, decent qualifying, quickest of the WSR boys. Raced well, finished in the top seven in all three races, and did really well to hold off Ash Sutton in race two. Yep. Uh, moving on to the laser tools, I've gone for a B for Aidan Moffat. I thought it was a good progressive weekend, some good moves. He was just out there to prove me wrong, wasn't he? Yeah. Quite honestly, he was going to take a couple of wins at Knockhill. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> I think Mr. Sutton might have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, a, a sixth, a fifth, and a fourth, considering he qualified 12th. Yeah. It's really good from him. Yeah, good progress throughout the day. Ash Sutton, I've gone for a C for lackluster qualifying as well. Race one, okay, he gets caught up in an incident. He does fairly well to recover. Race two is good, but you'd expect him to get past Jelly. Yep. And race three, you have to say he's caught his own. Downfall. Downfall. Yeah. He's been uh, maybe a little bit too aggressive. He hasn't apportioned any blame on Proctor no, for, no, the, racing for the spin. Yeah. Um, and then he gets himself into a little bit of trouble with Borley trying to just fight back for position. You also have to ask yourself, is, does he need to go for it on the first lap of no. the first corner? Not He's, with the soft tyres on. No, no weight on board. Sorry, negligible weight on board. Yeah. Yeah. Should be doing better. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, Carl Bordley, gone for a B. Two, two elevenths. Two elevenths, best results of his career. And then um, something happens in race three that we're not yeah, quite sure. So unfortunate, because it could have been another about 11th place finish for him, yeah, which would have been else. his uh, his best weekend, and considering what happened to him last season here. Yeah. yeah it will be a definite one-up on that. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to dynamics, and uh, we've got a... Well, I, I think it should be double A. You, you do not believe it should be double A. So we'll go with the, we'll go with the greed A first, Robottom. Yeah, Robottom. Taking a, his maiden win, second in race two, qualified fourth, and did fairly well to hold on in race three. Question. Yes? Is he a title contender? He's 12 points I, back. I think, I think he, he has to be, doesn't he? He has to be now, doesn't he? The, the points that he's made up this weekend and the pace that he showed in the last two weekends really show the development that he's had. There's a real maturity to his driving oh, yeah. as well, isn't there? I mean, yeah. look, he had a difficult time of it in his debut season in a ailing car, and I think it's fair to say a lot of questions were asked when he was announced at, mm. how, at Dynamics, and perhaps rightly so. I think that some some people wrote him off far too soon, but I think eyebrows are raised. Yeah. I think that on paper you say, is he an upgrade on Camish? At the start of the season you say, no, no. on paper. But I think he's really is proving every doubter. There cannot be a doubter of him he's anymore. He's certainly giving a three-time champion in Shedden a run for his money at the moment. And at times he's made a three-point, a three-time champion look average. At yes. times, at times. Yep. Um, On to that three-time champion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it should be an A personally on the basis that he's got two podiums, he's kept his powder dry, he's not got involved in any silly incidents which he's done throughout the rest of the season, and. He was winning race one comfortably until the red flag came out. I know that you know it is what it is. If your auntie had testicles, should be your <laughs> uncle. Fine, but I think he's a little unlucky not to have a race win this weekend. Yes, he is a little unlucky. Um, but I, he had the lighter car in race one, and Robottom was still able to hold him off. Now, whether that's more down to team orders and and Matt Neil going, 
we need a one-two here. We need to bag these points. Well, but he was still pushing for it in race one. He was also uh, on the soft tyre, which he felt thought had gone off by that point. We saw a lot of the soft tyre run, runners this weekend do really well. Yeah, but he said when they were running, them. having to restart the yeah. race on the soft tyre killed what was left in the. Got tire. shortened though that race. Yeah, but I can I, I understand what you're saying so, is that you know. You I, I I think to give him an A this weekend he needs to have won either race one or race three where he's finished on the podium personally but we'll move on we'll you, move I on. think B you think A yeah. so um, Cook yes I've gone for a C I just look we discussed it on a previous podcast I just think that when the opportunities are there to really maximise whenever people have been a problem you've got to do it and all too often he doesn't and I think this is another case of that for a driver coming into the championship third to qualify then 13th behind um, Sutton, who's at the top of the championship, obviously we know Ingram had difficulties, um, then to lose ground in race one, get caught up in a strange incident in race two with Plato and that, but then he's made really good progress oh, yes, yeah. in race three. But it's just a bit of a... It's, this is topsy turvy one. This is the frustration I talk about. Yes, the pace, the pace is there in the yes. car, and the we pace is more there in the driver. We should be expecting more because Proctor's gone out and taken a pole position and a race win. Yes, without ballast. Yeah, but without ballast, fine. But he's still coming and done the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's frustrating. Oh no. This is this is my that, my frustrations in a nutshell. Uh, Edwards, I think we probably have to go for a D this weekend. That the pace is there. The car's got the pace. We saw her run really well at Snetterton. Sorry, Brand. Sorry, with um, Turkington kept him on and Shedden and Shedden. Just didn't feel she had that this weekend. She wasn't as racy, was no. she? She wasn't battling with people. She was a little bit passive, shall I say. I think we need to start seeing results soon as well. The car's good enough. She's feeling her way into the series as well. Yeah. She's not making any mistakes, looking for that. She's not getting involved. She's not been an aggressor or made any silly moves that have resulted in contact, etc. That's nope. good. But, I don't know, I think we need to just... A little too safe, maybe? Which is understandable to a degree, yeah. but I just think we need to see the results shift a little bit moving forward now, to be there or thereabouts in the points. Not scoring every race, but to be 17th, 16th, rather than 20th, 20th, 20th. Yeah. Uh, Jake Hill. I've gone for a C. Unspectacular. Banked points. He was stealthy this weekend, wasn't he? Complete, went, on, went under the radar. Under the radar yeah. And had an 8th, a 4th and a 7th. Yeah, a track where we didn't expect him to go too well at, yeah. given we expected the Hondas and BMWs to Although be... Although he's got a little bit of history here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, ex- we expected the Hondas and BMWs to do well, and he's been pretty much best of the rest this rest of the weekend, of, with the exception of Moffat, who we yeah. also you know, suggested might go well. So, did what he needed to do, didn't really pull off anything exciting, but three good points finishes. Yeah. Conversely, Ollie Jackson, D... The thing is, if you qualify badly, you're going to be at an end of a field where instances more likely to occur. And that was proven this weekend, I think. Yeah, he made good early progress in race one, um, but then obviously caught up in incidents throughout the rest of the day. And it just scuppered him, really. Been a bit of a, a, bit of a come down, hasn't it? Strong, strong opening couple of rounds. Yep. Poor last two rounds. 
Yeah, hasn't been as racy either. No, and I don't think he's going to go particular knock hill either. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Osborne, I want to give a C to him. I thought this is a really good weekend by him, despite the fact he's had two retirements. Race one, prior to retirement, he was running well. Qualified really well. Qualified first really of all. well. Up in eleventh. Yep. Up with Sutton and Turkington. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got no weight on the car, but he's a driver with far less experience. Yep. Yep. Then race one was running well until he had to retire. Race two, score points. Okay, bit of a silly push on Plato, but mm. the head, yeah, okay, fine. And then race three, a passenger when it comes to the contact with Smiley. So. How did we not go for that? It's one of the Harveyisms. And he did say it as well. I know. Twice. I know. Yeah. I know. <sighs> Carry on. Uh, butcher. B for Butcher. Yeah. Brilliant in race two. And um, unlucky in race three. And fairly, fairly good. Otherwise, it's better than we've seen from him so far this season. Yeah, the car looked to have real pace this weekend. Yeah, they seem to make a couple of strides forward. Uh, teammate Sam Smelt, I've gone for a C for good qualifying, well, exceptional qualifying. Yeah, fifteenth was looking good um, to maximise that until something happened in race one. But I'm following, annoyed. but following that, a fairly good recovery throughout the day. Yeah, um, he, he didn't quite show the pace that he had in qualifying, um, which I was slightly disappointed with. I thought he was going to kick on a little bit more. But it's good to see that he can feel confidence in the car now. Yeah, there were certainly improvements yeah, as the definitely. race went on. Yeah, I, I don't think those points are too far away from him either, to be honest. I mean, he's, like, he's been there or thereabouts all weekend, you know, 19th, 18th, except the, you know... Yep, he's getting closer. He's yeah. getting closer. Uh, then I have Tom Ingram up next, who I've gone for a C for under some duress. Yeah, you're not keen on this, are you? I think it should be a D. You think it should be a C. Well, the difficulties he had started in qualifying where he didn't run. He then went from 29th to 19th in race one with the second most weight on board in the car. He then continued on in race two. He did have two cars in front of him come off though yes yes. and Sutton with more weight on board made up more places having started behind him on the grid on the restart for six laps yes but we know that that car is just lightning quick with any amount of weight yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just balancing it out yeah yeah uh, race two finishes tenth sets fastest lap yep and race three he gets shoved out wide onto the grass has to come into the pits to Clear out the radiator and he's dropped right to the back of the field where again he sets fastest lap. The pace was in the car this weekend. I think he's just been unlucky. I think he could have quite easily scored 30 odd points if it weren't for I think a bit of luck. I think that's the reassuring thing for him is that there is pace in the car. I doubted whether the car would go yeah. well here and it has done in yeah. its own weird way. Break the track record twice. Yeah, there's there's clearly pace in that car. I think he is time to contend. And of course, the best news for him is that Sutton only extended the, his lead by what by three two. Po- two points. Yeah. So, and he's still second in the championship. Yes. And we go to Knock Hill, where Ingram also tends to go okay. Yeah. So, uh, Parfit next. I've gone for a D. Just unspectacular. Caught up in too many incidents, and that's been a bit of a the theme of his touring car career so far. I'm not saying he's responsible. But he's been in those incidents. Yeah, and the only reason that he finished 19th in race three is because of the amount of people that unfortunately didn't finish. Boutel, I've gone for a D4. I thought didn't look particularly on the pace this weekend, although actually a pretty good finish is a 20th and a 17th. 
and then was caught passenger in race three. Yep. I kind of want to see him a bit close to the points now. Same as Jade. Yeah, so he's had a season and a half under his belt. He's in a car we know is quick. Kind of want to see him a bit bit more in the thick of it now. Yep, agree. Uh, Smiley, I've gone for a C. Would have probably been a B because he had a good, you know... Weren't we saying... Just before yeah. race three, he's had a, a really decent weekend. Yeah, he qualified fairly low, down in 20th. Unfortunately, had issues in race one. Yeah, smashing into Arlington. Yeah. Yes, yeah. small issues, uh, which he couldn't do anything about. But then made really good progress. He yeah. finished 14th in race two. And then if it weren't for that nudging incident that caused the massive pile-up in race three, he goes on to finish 10th, yeah. which is a decent race from him. But... For me, he gets graded down because this was the most avoidable accident of the weekend. Yes, and it is. there's no one else to blame. No, precisely. Uh, Nick Hamilton, gone for a D. Didn't get out in race one due to a fuel pipe issue. Retired in race three due to the incident. And then in race two, the only race he really had running in, 24th. <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's unspectacular. Although, um, at least he managed to finish one. Yeah. Uh, Goff giving a C to qualified really well, and then that was pretty much the highlight. Tumbled down the order. Disappointed in race. you, didn't he, this weekend? He did. Tumbled down the order in race one. Caught up in an accident that wasn't his own making in race two. Struggled to reclaim any sort of pace in race three. Although he did get to 16th in race three. Yeah. So only a place outside the points. But from going from topping FP, FP2, having a good result in the tyre test to where he finished, he'll be disappointed. Very much so. Uh, Taylor Smith, D, there or thereabouts with the points, but we know the car's got the pace. I know he had engine problems throughout the weekend as well, but again, with Taylor Smith, I want to see him a bit further in the action now. He's always there or thereabouts. Just on the edge of the points, isn't he? Yeah. It's a race winner. Whereas I I think we can see some top 10 performances coming up from him. Absolutely. Uh, Tom Chilton, gone for a C, best result of of his season so far. Not spectacular. I don't remember him making any particularly good overtakes. He's quite good at holding Colin Turk to that. That's become a bit of a feature, <laughs> isn't it? Um, he benefited from a lot of people falling off the road in front of him. But he kept his head and didn't do anything. Didn't get involved in anything himself. So that's probably you know, yeah. kudos there. Yeah. Morgan gone for a B. Not won a race, but a double podium. Good Finishing pace all weekend. Top five all weekend. Is he a championship contender? Where do we draw the line? I think it's going to be difficult for him. Um, I haven't seen the consistency yet, but this could be the start of it. Um, especially with the confidence from what he did at Brands. Yeah, I think there's now probably three key contenders, and then there could be a number of other ones depending how Five, five to seven others. <laughs> it's depending how luck rides up. I think the main three are probably Sutton, Ingram and Robottom. The pace in the BMW just seems to have gone this season. Um, but anyway, second driver grades for now. Yeah. Uh, Plato and Lloyd both got C's. Yo-yo weekends for them both. When they were good, they were really good. When they were bad, they were pretty bad. It's the start of a song, isn't it? <laughs> Race two in particular was terrible for them. Yeah, it was. Turgid. Senna uh, Proctor, B... Great qualifying, really balls up the start in race one, <laughs> didn't really progress in race two, and then won comfortably in race three. Yeah, it was a bit of a drawn-out weekend from him, really. Um, almost sort of like the inevitable finally came, but we were expecting it to come in race one. And then finally, Mitchell, I've given a C to 
did get involved in the incident of his own making. Yep. You, you know, okay, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's kind of what you expect to on your debut, and you're really unlucky to get front and rear end in uh, race three. I suppose we should also mention at this point that Andy Neat withdrew for the weekend. Yes. Uh, due to illness, which is why he... Yeah, so he, co- he competed in qualifying, um, was drastically slow, like... Two from, seconds off. Yeah, 2.2, I think, off the lead, and nearly a second off the person just in front of him. Um, and following on from that we think that in the off season he contracted covid and he might be suffering a little bit with his fitness coming back um so that was a decision that he made before sunday right before moving on to our prediction update and closing comments uh quick run through of our awards for the day so we've agreed on something yes drive the day oh it has to be no one was better this weekend than robotham no i'd agree with you Maybe Shedden comes close-ish, Morgan close. Jelly for the performance that he's put in compared yeah. to what he's done for the rest of the season. But Robottom was head and shoulders above the rest. And really started to come into his own now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, villain of the weekend. I've gone for Cook on the basis that this is a real chance in a car that goes well here. A car where your teammate is you know, performing really well. Sutton's qualified okay. Not great. Turkish and Ingram are struggling got to make the most of you can't get involved in incidents on these kind of weekends yeah and and for me that's why he's my surprise bad of the weekend um is that we've seen how well proctor has gone we saw how well the hondas have gone as a whole this weekend and he hasn't been there to capitalize when sutton turkinson and ingram have all struggled and had bad luck but who is your villain then uh, so my my villain isn't a single person as such, but it is the driving standards this weekend, and I'm not just talking about the touring cars. I'm talking about the general complete package. Um, considering the events that went on on Saturday afternoon, you would think that drivers may even just wind it back that little bit, just to go. If you're not certain on a move, back out of it. You've got to be in this sport. If you're going for something, you've got to go for it wholeheartedly otherwise if you pull out a 10 percent, i think paul o'neill said mm. in rugby if you pull out 10 percent, you're going to get hurt yeah and that's the same with racing you've got to go for a move and, and stick to it okay sometimes they don't come off but if you pull out and then something else happens it could be more drastic as paul, o- paul o'neill said i think he's right it's a very un- uneasy weekend for a number of reasons oh yeah and I shared his view of that. He was quite glad to be going home at the end of it. I, I kind of shared. I don't think I enjoyed this weekend that much, to be honest. With you. I mean, we like action, yeah. and we like maybe one crash per weekend to go. Oh, that's interesting, but not to the scale we saw this weekend. I mean, no. we are so fortunate. When you you think about the the elephant gets t-boned, which is one of the worst things you can see in in, in racing because Sim- similar to what happens to Andy Jordan, yeah, um, and and that put him out, yeah. Um, but you've seen a T-bone incident. Yeah. You've seen two minis on their roofs. Yep. I mean, how the two lads got out of those cars and were fine, I don't know. Testament to the strength of these vehicles, but they should never be tested to those limits. No. We've then seen Butcher get wiped at a very high speed by Borg. Again, okay, that might it's not driving sound so much in that scenario. It could be a mechanical it's issue. More likely but... mechanical, but it's still the best of impact. We've seen Osborne be sent careering down a very very fast hill yeah in the pack of traffic yeah 
we've seen Sutton turn around in a pack of traffic as well at the top of a very very fast hill we're so fortunate that we've not had a bigger in, a, yeah, a more costly incident this weekend yes. I, I really believe that yeah and yeah I think it's I think you're right I think the driving standards were poor across all all formula this weekend uh, you've mentioned your surprise uh, bad. bad so I'll fill in my surprise bad it's Sutton I was kind of expecting a race win here yeah <laughs> I think we, we both were going into race 3 at the very <laughs> least I was expecting a podium or some description for him yeah Bad, a combination of bad luck and poor judgment meant he wasn't there. Uh, surprise, good for me. I've gone for Stephen Jelly. We expect BMW to go around, well round here. I didn't have him no. pegged as being the most successful WSR driver, and I didn't have him pegged as being the second best BMW driver here all weekend. But fair play, came out, raced really well. He's outscored Turkington by three times this weekend. <laughs> that's mad isn't it and the fact that he's gone ahead of him in the drivers championship as well and he's comfortably ahead of Oliphant who I know has had luck as well Oliphant's won a race this season yeah yeah. anyway my surprise good was Moffitt just, just to spite me after the podcast that we put out before uh, this event um, he, he's been really consistent this weekend um, wow. and that move that he pulled on Shedden is the best move that I've seen him do Surprise good as Moffat, surprise bad as Cookie, feeling alright. <laughs> well, 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 well. Uh, right, we'll quickly update you on the uh, our little games we like to play. I had one winner. You jammy, jammy git. I predicted Proctor to yeah. win, which was looking more successful than race one, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it was. As, as we began race one. Uh, we otherwise had Turkton, Sutton and you had Hill. Obviously, none of those came off. I spoke about Butcher, though. I you did? I spoke about yeah. him, and I just wish I'd stuck to it. Wow, courage of convictions. Yeah. Uh, we both scored a point in our overall predictions. You got a two push-to-pass moves into the hairpin, yeah. and I had BMW or Dynamics together 1-2. Yeah, you were c- bouncing in race one, weren't what you? What a call that was. Yeah. What a call. Um, I was annoyed. Despite having not predicted a uh, Dynamics win across your drivers. I was annoyed that Hart uh, didn't outscore Accelerate. Not even close. No. no. <laughs> 16 points to 7, mate. And you were looking pretty good for Butcher top top 10 or 3 until he went backwards. So, oh. Yeah, I, I, even if he hadn't been taken out by Bordley, oh, he wasn't yeah. finishing top 10 in that final race, unfortunately. No. no. How costly could that be at the end of the season, though? Yeah, no. We both got points for Jack Sears. Both got a bottom. I think we can probably just stop doing that now. I think, <laughs> a row bottom for the rest of the season. I, I can't think of a situation where we're going to have a different driver than row bottom, unless row bottom doesn't compete a race. So. Yeah. Uh, and then none of us got anything on Harvey Bingo, which means that I scored three this weekend, you scored two, which gives me a two point lead in the standings. Yeah, I've got some making up to do, haven't I, really? You sure do. Just before we close off the pod, then. We've now got three drivers at the top. Mm. Do you think one of those three drivers wins the championship overall? Yes. Yes, you don't see any other driver outside that top three? No. No. I would agree with you. Yeah, good. (laughs) If I was to push you now, I'd say we're nearly halfway through. Knock Hill will probably make things a lot more clearer. One way or the other. I I still think Sutton is the favourite. And a fairly clear favourite. This this is his first non-finish, yeah, and that was due to damage. Yeah, uh, it's not through just being slow. It, it's unfortunate that it is damage. Um, his and Goff's run this weekend came to an end of point scoring finishes. Yeah, um, but I think Knock Hill could be a circuit that 
pardon the pun, but he could knock it out of the park. Yeah, and the Honda struggled here last uh, Knock Hill last year, as we'll get into on the pre- full preview of Knock Hill. Yeah. Do you? Know what? I'd love to see either of those, any of those three, win it. Mm. I think it is between those three now. I can't see where this same scenario happens. I Sutton Ingram and whoever's in third have such a terrible weekend mm. that it allows the rest of the field to pull up. I think this is the anomaly weekend and I think we're going to move back to seeing more consistency from the top two in particular now moving forward. Do you think that Turkington could still finish in, say, the top four of the championship? It's quite Turkington, yes. Yeah? It's quite Turkington, yes. And we, we will... Look, he is the king of Croft normally. Yeah. That's still going to come up. Apart from last year. Ruxton... <laughs> The BMW goes really well or it doesn't. Yep. It didn't go very well at the start of the season. It might do now. Silverstone he's always quite strong at. And Donington he's fairly strong at as well. So I think there's still tracks that will suit him. Um, so yeah, and it's quite certain. Yeah. I don't think you could ever write him off. But I think, having said that, I think I do write him off from the title this year. Yeah, I think these having two poor weekends already out of the season, I think almost... It's compounded last weekend um, and has made it really, really difficult now. I think the car lacks pace as well. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it doesn't cut through the field that well, does it? We've no. seen that all season. You know, even Thrax in the opening round really struggled to make progress. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't. I think that the cars. I think that the infinity. Sorry, infinity. Infinity. <laughs> God, no, please. <laughs> yeah, I think the infinity is streets ahead. I can't believe I'm saying this. I, I think the Hyundai's ahead. Certainly Ingram's Hyundai's ahead. Yes. And I think the Halfords boys are probably ahead now as well. I think they've built themselves a really quick machine. They've found some pace in these last two weekends, yeah. haven't they? Um, something that they were certainly looking to be lacking in the opening two rounds. Um, but yeah, we've got a three-week break. Three-week break? Two-week break, is it? Two-week break. Um, before we go off up to Knock Hill. Um, yeah, 14th or 15th of August. Yes, two-week break. And yeah, it'll be an interesting weekend at Knock Hill. Always known for a bit of changeable weather. Nice and blustery up there. Uh, the change in the COVID rules looks like we're going to have a full uh, attendance at Knock Hill, which I'm sure Shedden and Butcher will be very pleased about. I'm off it. I'm off it, yeah. I was thinking more because they own the track. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very nice of Scottish Army, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Um, so we'll be looking to join you before then. Um, but yeah, we hope that you all stay safe and stay well, considering everything that has happened this weekend. Um, and in respect to that, we would like to um, pay tribute to the Marshal, uh, Robert Foote, who was 67, who died this weekend doing what he loved um, and what we all love to do is to go and watch racing um, but unfortunately our thoughts with his family yeah make sure you raise a glass to the orange army 